rushing wind blow through this temple blowing out the dust within come and breathe your breath upon me I've been born again Holy Spirit I surrender take me where you want to go plant me by your living water plant me deep so I can grow Jesus you're the one who sets my spirit free use me Lord glorify your holy name through me separate me from this world Lord sanctify my life for you daily change me to your image help me bear good fruit and every day you're drawing closer trials come to test my faith but when all is said and done Lord you know it's been worth the way oh Jesus you're the one who sets my spirit free oh use me Lord glorify your holy name through me oh precious Jesus you're the one who sets my spirit free would you use me Lord glorify your holy name through me and rushing wind blow through this temple blowing out the dust within come and breathe your breath upon me I've been born again
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you still enjoying the preparation of the word? Do you want more? Do you want more? Now to further prepare our hearts for the word, help me welcome Lolita. Come on, clap for her as she comes. Some called him prophet, a man with a purpose, and some said he's just history. Some named him teacher, but a few His true identity He is Master, Savior, Lion of Judah Blessed Prince of He is shepherd, mighty fortress, rock of salvation, lamb of God is he. You see, they just could not understand. And some named him a blasphemer, cause they refused to accept him as more than just a man he is master savior 
He shepherd, mighty fortress, rock of salvation, Lamb of God is He. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment we have all been waiting for, the preaching of the word, hallelujah. The man of God is here, he's ready and he's loaded. I want you to rise to your feet and help me welcome my father, your pastor, Pastor Chris. Hallelujah. Clap for Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. The Lion of Judah. The Son of David. The King of all the ages. Precious Lamb of God. Father, we give you praise. We give you all the glory and the adoration. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of our praise and our adoration. We lift up your name. May all eyes turn to you today and all hearts be turned to you. And we do this so that you can receive all the honor and all the glory. Come and visit us by your Holy Spirit and turn our lives again towards you. In Jesus' wonderful name we say, Amen and Amen. You may all be seated on top of your enemies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a good time to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Are you happy that you can be here? Yes, God is good to us. Amen. We serve a good God. And for that reason, we gather to give Him thanks, glory. I bring greetings from Ghana and all the wonderful people that are family of us in Ghana. Our church is heavily linked to the church in Ghana. And I send greetings from Bishop Eddie, Bishop Atto, Bishop Agu, Bishop Dag, Hewitt Mills also. Yes, let's clap for them. 
Praise God. If you're new to us, uh, you are welcome. And remember, we are responsive church. Amen. Every church has its own culture, its style. You know what is style? Our style is responsiveness. Amen. Amen. It's a sign that you are alive. One day a man died in a church. He had some heart attack. And then they called the ambulance. But the ambulance came and he was carrying out 12 people before they eventually got to the man that had the heart attack. But as the people were carried out outside, they awoke out of their sleeps and said, No, we are not dead. We were just sleeping in the church. It's for that reason why we prefer you to be responsive because in case the ambulance comes, we won't know if you are dead or alive. Amen. Oh, I see you are alive. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. You know, when you have joy, when you have joy, it's always good to thank the Lord. Don't worry about your burdens. Your burdens you must bring to Calvary and leave it here. Amen. The Lord will exchange something with you. He'll take your burdens. You see, he said, Come unto me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden. Give it to me, and then I will change my burden with you. He says, my burden is easy, and my yoke is light. Hallelujah. Your burden is heavy, but you can lay down your heavy burdens today. Yes. I know, I know, I know the world is full of challenges. Devils are all around us. We are busy with a warfare. On earth is war. In heaven there's no war. In heaven there's peace because devils are not allowed inside there. Hallelujah. But as you battle your warfare, you can bring your burdens to the Lord. Amen. He's here to help you. He's here to assist you. Glory to God. And you suddenly feel you are lighter. You are brighter. You are sharper. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Philippians 4. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Receive joy from the Holy Ghost this morning. No need to be sad here. It's in hell that you will be sad. Because you will say, I should have made the right decision. The devil makes you sad. The devil makes you mad. But Jesus makes you glad. Amen. Hallelujah. What a wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunity. Now you can see that we've started to build the walls. We started late because I was away and uh, my team did not want to continue without me. So we just started yesterday. It was like just a kickstart, but it will pick up speed from tomorrow onward. So by next week, if God spares us, then we should be closed right around about that height. So it will be much better. I see some of you shivering. We must bring warmer jackets, okay? Will you? 
You can even bring a blanket, it's no problem. Because it's an unorthodox way of doing church. But we'll get there. Very soon we'll be closed up and then we're going to do the floor. Amen. Are you happy? Are you happy that your church is going on nicely? Praise God. Yes, I'm also very happy. And uh, we thank the Lord. There's also some many powerful changes happening in our church. New leaders are being presented. And we encourage you, if you are here, I've been preaching about fruitfulness before I left. That means we want you to do something for the Lord. Amen? The young children, I want you to take part in the dancing and in the singing and in many other things. But specifically the dancing, we are now creating new dance groups, very big dance groups. But it will need you to come here on Saturdays to practice. Are you listening to me? I was just in Ghana now and when I saw them again and what they have accomplished, I feel so sad and because we are, we are far behind. But I know we are catching up. We are catching up. So it doesn't matter what your child can or cannot do. Send them here on a Saturday. We are here from 8 o'clock in the morning. We only leave at about 7. Whole day, yes, practices going on. Send your child here instead of your child running around with the wrong friends and the wrong people. Well, inside the camp, we can, pro we can promise to look after them and protect them. But let them come there'll be a lot of practicing going on. And then Sunday mornings, they can come on the platform and they can also display and glorify God through dancing. Wow! David danced before the Lord. David danced so bad that some of you would have been offended because he took off all his clothes. Hey! So I want nobody to be offended because the dancing will be spectacular. And I'm going to be the dance choreographer myself. Hey. You watch and see. As they say, what's the space? Coming soon to a church near you. Clap for Jesus. Clap. Clap for yo. If your neighbor's not clapping or saying amen, just every time just prick him so because you're not sure, did he die of a heart attack or something? If I must call the ambulance, you just feel, are you still okay? He says, why? Because you're not clapping, you're not singing, you're not shouting. You are just dead. This is not a dead church. At all. I just need to drive out some demons from my old leaders that has died here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know how many of you know that... Uh, that uh, all over the world today, they are celebrating what we call Pentecost Sunday. I'm sure you might have seen a post of on one of your friends' Facebook pages or something, something. So I want to, I just thought, let me also explain to you what these things mean so that you can get a good understanding. Amen. How many of you know that the Bible wants us to have understanding? It is mentioned so often times in the Bible. You must get understanding. You see, you will criticize me for some things I do if you don't have under. Uh-huh. But once you get understanding, you will realize, now I know why Pastor Chris did what he did. 
At first I had no under. So the Apostle Paul is always telling us to pray for understanding. Glory to God. Understanding is one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and under. Wow! The great Solomon said you must get two very important things in life. You must get number one, wisdom. And number two, you must get understanding. In all you're getting, get understanding. Hallelujah! May you receive understanding by the Holy Ghost. But you must pray for it. Amen? Pray that you will understand. Sometimes when people don't understand, you feel sorry for them. Because it makes you do all the wrong things. I heard about a couple who divorced, but they were very old already. So I felt so sorry for them because now, where do you go after living so long with a partner? Start again. Hey, it's not easy. Better the devil you know. How many of you know what that means in English? It's better the devil you know. <laughs> but most destruction comes through lack of under. It's simple. There was no understanding. They like said it's a irretrievable or ir irrevocable differences. There's no understanding. That's why the Bible encourages all men to dwell with their wives with under. Yes. You see, if they have understanding, then there can't be a separation. Now you say, what, what must we understand? You must understand that you will never understand. I'm talking about your wives. <laughs> When I saw something yesterday and I put it on my phone, I liked it. I want, to, I want to also read it to you. It says, sometimes understanding what a woman wants is very difficult. It's like trying to figure out what color the letter 7 smells like. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't understand that. But that's exactly the point. It's trying to understand what color the letter 7 smells like. Say amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Let us turn to the word of the Lord this morning. Are you happy to hear the word of the Lord? Remember, I'm the same pastor who told you some weeks ago that you must have Bibles. I will keep emphasizing it. Amen. You know why I keep telling you the same thing? Because I won't live forever, but the word of God will remain forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will remain forever. It's also important for you to see that what I'm saying from here is the truth. And what I say from here is in, in line with the word of God. Because you can go to an, any church and the pastor can say nice things because you think the pastor has a suit on and nice shoes. He's saying the truth. It's not always like that. You need to be sure by reading the Bible for yourself. 
Amen. In the early centuries, the Catholic Church never read the Bible for themselves. It was uh, just the priest who read the Bible. Because the Bible was in Latin and they didn't understand it. It was when Martin Luther started to read the Bible for himself, he discovered some wonderful truths in the Word of God. He discovered that you don't have to pay for your salvation like the church was teaching at that time. At the time of Martin Luther, the church was teaching something called indulgences. Are you listening to me? I'm teaching you. I'm making you very clever this morning. Say thank you, Pastor. Check if the person next to you says thank you. If not, just press and say, just want to check if you're still alive. My wife has now a new blood pressure machine. You put it around your arm, then we can check your blood pressure. I brought it along, so just let me know. Glory. The church was selling indulgences. In other words, uh, you can buy a ticket to heaven. Because the people never read the Bible. The priest told them that and they believed it. That's why I'm warning you to rather have your own Bible. Amen. They had some things like they would, you could pay them. Hey, the church made a lot of money because the people didn't understand. So they had some milk. You can drink white milk. But you must pay a thousand dollar. Just a little sip. They said this was milk that they stored from the Virgin Mary's breast. And if you drink it, I mean, all your sins will be forgiven. And there was something also they had was like a tooth, the tooth of a lion. And they said, if you touch it, you will be made clean. And they said it was the tooth of the lion in, in the lion's den that Daniel went into. That lion died, but somebody kept the tooth. So if you touch the tooth, it is the protection that not, nothing will harm you. Hey, thousand dollar. Then there was the, the coffin of the three wise men. Somewhere in Germany, you can go, the church is still there. You see the three coffins of the three wise men. Those they say are the three wise men that came to Jesus when he was born. So if you can go and touch the coffins, you are cleansed from all your sins and all your difficulties. How much? Thousand dollar. But when Martin Luther was a very uh, rebellious student and they said, let's get him out of the monastery, let him go teach in the Bible school. And they made him teach the books and the writings of Paul. And after reading it, he read in Romans that man shall be saved by faith. It's not by works that man is saved, but by faith alone. Hallelujah. Faith in Jesus Christ. And that's when the whole world turned again to the truth of the word, when a man read the Bible and discovered the truth in the Bible. Hallelujah. So I am telling you here at this church, we want you to have your own Bibles. Do not walk to church with no Bible. Amen. You say, Pastor, but you told me this before. I have, but look at so many people still without Bibles. Don't you think I must say it again? Glory to God. What is Pentecost? 
Let's hear what the word of the Lord says. Amen. I want you today to uh, turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 verse 15. My sermon is called With You, In You, and Upon You. I repeat, my sermon is called With You, In You, and Upon You. Hallelujah. And I am going to talk to you this morning about a very important subject, the subject of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many of you know that, the, that we Christians serve a triune God, His Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? It's not something that we can easily explain or understand, but we believe it. Amen? Our God is one, but our God is also three. Our God is three persons in one. Hallelujah. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's why when we, sometimes we close our prayers, we say in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Three persons in one, in oneness. This morning I want to talk to you about a very special person, the person of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You cannot live a good Christian life without the help of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening? Jesus Christ promised us something very, very remarkable. He said in John chapter 14 verse 15, He said, if you love me, you must obey my commandments. Is everybody listening to me, even the little children? How do you love God? Can you buy God a chocolate? Can you give God a kiss on the cheek? John chapter 14 verse 15 tells you how you can love God. Hallelujah. How can you show your love to God? If you love me, obey. Obey my commandments. Hallelujah. If I ask you now, how many of you love God? I'm sure you will be waving to me, isn't it? With your very queen-like wave. Do you love God? Now, what is the proof that you love God? You see, when you love somebody, you bring chocolate or flowers. I heard that over the weekend, one of our young ladies was given a huge bunch of flowers. Even two men had to go and carry these flowers all the way from Stellenbosch. It wasn't a light bunch of flowers. Because the brother, is also in the church, he wanted to tell the lady that I love you. And he did it by giving her fresh flowers. How many ladies like flowers? How many ladies like chocolate rather than flowers? How many like chocolate and flowers together? Yes, that's the ladies. They always want more than they have bargained for. Is my sound okay, guys? Can the people hear me? Because I, I, I don't sound very powerful on the... But that's fine. You work on it, okay? 
Hallelujah. So you can easily show somebody here on the earth that you love the person by a chocolate, by a flower. You understand my story. But when you want to, when you want to have evidence that you love God, it's obedience. Say obedience. Obey God. And I'm glad that you're obedient because just coming to the house of the Lord is one of the signs of your obedience. Clap for yourselves. You did very well this morning. Now, God wants you to consistently come to His house. Amen? Not visit only occasionally. He says, uh, don't be like some who, who, who neglect the gathering of the saints. You see? So if you want to love God, you must obey God. And I see God helping you to obey Him. Because it's not easy. Amen? He says, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another comforter. There you see the, tri, the three in one. Jesus is speaking. He's telling them, if you love me, you will obey me. Then I will ask the Father, the second one, right? To send the third one. Hey, the Holy Spirit. He says, he calls him an advocate. A paracletos. Who will never leave you. And why did he say this? Because he had just told them he's going to leave them. Are you with me, church of God? Jesus had told them in John 14, this wonderful scripture I often read at the funerals. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many men. He was telling them he's going away and they became sore in their hearts. They were sad. And just after that, he told them, but if you obey me, I promise you I will ask the Father and He'll send you another comforter. Another. I was your comforter, but I must go. I'm going away, but the Father will send you another comforter. Glory to God. But this time, He will not leave you. Hey! He will not leave you. The Holy Spirit will never leave you, and they will never forsake you. Amen. Listen. Listen to what it says about the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 17, He is the Holy Spirit. I'm reading the New Living Translation. You guys must sort this thing out. Every Sunday I have the same problem. This water is jumping all over the show. All right. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it, it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you. He lives with you now, but later he will be in you. Everybody say with you. Now everybody say in you. Every time I ask you to repeat something after me, you might think that is pastor making me feel like a grade one pupil? You know, grade one pupils, they must repeat things. But it's also a, a good exercise for you to show your humility. Uh-huh. To show your what? Your humility. That you will be like a little child and say yes. And that is how our church is. Amen. If you become very proud, then nobody can tell you what to do. 
You become like people I know in a place somewhere far from here, start with a B. They say, nobody can tell me what to do. Niemand sê vir my wat om te doen nie. That's called pride. God doesn't like it. Amen. So say again, with you. Say in you. Jesus promised two things the Holy Spirit will do. He shall be with you and he will be in you. First with you, then in you. I'm going to explain it now, now. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Verse 18. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Glory to God. I want you to see the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son as one. In this beautiful verse, Jesus says, I will send you the Holy Spirit, but then he says, I will come to you. In other words, I'm coming to you by my Spirit. So when we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Spirit of Jesus. Are you with me? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, I want to make you read another scripture. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Are you there? Beautiful. This morning we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the day of Pentecost because it's Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is 50 days after Easter. And on that day was the day when the Holy Spirit fell on the early church. It is the day the church was born. There was not a church until the day in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came and fell on the disciples and they appeared on their heads, cloven tongues of fire. That's what is called Pentecost. But I'll, I'll explain it. Hang on. I'm reading now Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Everybody still here? But you will receive power. Hallelujah. Say power. Krach. Jy sal krach ontvang man. Jou papsnoek, sê die nieuwe vertaling. Jy gaan kracht kry, man. Sê wat die Heere so slap dien, you that serve the Lord so slap, man. God's gonna give you power. You shall receive what? Power. The devils that is turning your house upside down. Elke aand hoort sê iets, haloop op jou dak. Ek sê vir jou vandag, God gaan vir jou kracht gee, halleluja. Holy Ghost power! <laughs> Holy Ghost power! Hey! It's a spirit of power. Spirit of might. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Now everybody say, upon you. So I have just read a few scriptures explaining three, uh, what's that, prepositions, where's the English people, of how the Holy Spirit comes to you. He shall be with you, say again, with you. Later he shall be in you, in you, say in you. But in Acts chapter 1, he says the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. So three ways the Holy Spirit comes to you. 
How? Say again. With you, in you, and upon you. I want you to memorize it so that when you go home, they will ask you, what did your pastor teach today? He said, the Holy Spirit is with me, in me, and upon me. Amen? Now, before I explain it, I want you to just turn the page, if you have a good Bible, just turn it once to go to the second chapter of Acts. That's why we must have Bibles. Amen? Now, in the first verse of chapter 2, it says, on the day of Pentecost. What is today? It's Pentecost Sunday. You know, in all, all churches, most churches, Pentecost Sunday. Now, where, where do we see it? It's here in this in book of Acts chapter 2. It was on the day of Pentecost that something happened. Now, let me quickly explain what is the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost is a Jewish uh, festivity, a celebration, where the Lord told the Israelites in the Old Testament that they should celebrate um, the feast of the harvest. Are you with me? I won't make it difficult. I just want to maybe uh, show you Deuteronomy 16.11. I want to show you what is this day of Pentecost. You'll be very clever if you go home and explain to people what you have learned in the church today. The church is also like a small university, isn't it? What did I say? Deuteronomy 16, verse 11. Yes, just my, my. I want to just teach you quickly. Here it says, beautiful. This is a time to celebrate before the Lord your God. Remember the Israelites were coming out of Israel, out of Egypt. They were on their way to the promised land. And the Lord told them that they should, through Moses, there are certain things God wants them to celebrate. Different feasts. We won't go into much detail. There were the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of the Harvest, the Feast of Tabernacles, many feasts. This one is called the Feast of the Harvest, which is also called the Feast of Pentecost. What was this feast about? It was a time to celebrate before the Lord your God at the designated place of worship. Not anywhere there will be a designated place of worship. You can't go anywhere to worship the Lord. God connects you to a certain church and that's the church you must find. And that's the church you must settle in. And you must stop hopping around like a popcorn. And you must stop being replanted like a tree. Because you will never bring forth fruit if you are keeping being replanted. You cannot move from a church if the pastor's sermon has a little bit of rebuke in it one Sunday morning. The next Sunday, the pastor is encouraging you like I'm doing this morning. But some of my sermons will have a little bit of rebuke also sometimes. You can't pull yourself up and uproot yourself and go plant yourself in some other desert place. You need to stay planted by the rivers of waters. And then only can you bring forth fruit in your season. Because it's a little bit of chastisement, a little bit of love, a little bit of pamper, a little bit of slapping on the cheek, and you become the powerful Christian that God wants you to be. Hallelujah. No mother and father is a good mother and father if all the thing they do to their children is pamper them and give them sweets and give them love and never correct them. God has given us parents to correct us. 
Bring up a child in the way he must go. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. Hallelujah. So the feast of weeks, listen to it. It says, it's time to celebrate the Lord in the place of worship. He will choose for his name to be honored. Celebrate with your sons and daughters. Hey, come with your children to church. If you are sitting here and your child is at home, shame on you. I said, shame on you. You have failed in your duty to bring your children to the house of God. Celebrate with your sons and your daughters, your male and your female servants, the Levites from your towns and the foreigners, the orphans and the widows who live among you. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. So be careful to obey all the decrees. You must observe the festival of shelters for seven days at the end of the harvest season. Amen. So this was a, a, a certain festival that the Lord gave them. Uh, verse 16, quickly, of that same verse. It says, just verse 16, it says, Each year, every man in Israel must celebrate these three festivals the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of the Harvest, and the Festival of Shelters. Hallelujah. And then you were supposed to bring something to the house of the Lord at that time. You see verse 17? All must give as they are able according to the blessings given to them by the Lord their God. Amen. So quickly, listen. The Feast of Pentecost is something the Lord told them to celebrate as the day of harvest. In other words, God blessed Israel so much, more than the nations around them. That is how God will bless you, and your neighbors will not be blessed as you, because you belong to God. Amen. God blessed them, and God said, because of the blessing, you must always have a feast of harvest. Because when it's time for your crops to harvest, there will be many fruit on your trees. There will be much grain in the field. Hallelujah. Why? Because God's blessing is on it. If you are listening to me, if God blesses you, you will have much. God is a God of blessing. God is a good God. God is not a God that wants you to suffer. He wants you to prosper. I believe in prosperity and so must you. God is going to prosper you. You're going to look much better than you look today. Amen. You're going to have much more than you have today. Amen. Believe it and you shall have it. If you believe in poverty, I feel sorry for you. But God is a God of prosperity. And God said to them, before the harvest, you, you know, when you start the harvest, the harvest was quite a long time because they had to pick the things, pick the crops. They never had machines like we have today. Before the harvest, you must bring something to the Lord. Hey, God has always asked for offerings. Don't tell the church, don't go around with the unbelievers and say pastors are thieves, stealing money from people. God has always asked for offerings through the ages. It is God's way of blessing you. By seeing if your heart is selfish. By seeing if you will love God. He said, bring something. And then he said, you must bring it three times. And at the end of the harvest, you must bring again. At the start, in the middle, and at the end, you bring the first fruits to the Lord. I'm explaining to you where this thing of Pentecost comes from. Are you with me? It was the bringing 
of a thanksgiving offering because of the blessing of God on the lives of the Jewish people. But now, after Jesus had died and resurrected and gone to heaven, He told the disciples, wait in the upper room. Hallelujah. Until you will receive power from the Holy Ghost. And it was on that day that the Jews all came together from different parts of the country into Jerusalem. They came to celebrate the Feast of the Harvest. Are you all understanding me now? They came from different parts because it was a custom for them to celebrate. The harvest was always plentiful and they came to bring their first fruits as a thanksgiving offering to God. But it was on that day that something peculiar happened. It is on that day that the world changed. It was on that day when the Jewish people were traveling from different parts of Israel, Samaria, Judea, and other parts to come into the town that the disciples were in the upper room. Glory to God. What happened on that day? Can you allow me to read that for you as well? Hallelujah. It says here, it is in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. A very, very powerful scripture. Glory to God. Can I have a little bit of volume on my uh, monitors, please? I feel I'm struggling. Acts chapter 2. If you are there, say yay. If you are not there, say wait for me. There's no projectors anymore. You must have your Bible. No projectors anymore, you lazy coyotes. You must have your Bibles. I, I love it. On the day of Pentecost, the day of the harvest. Remember, I explained it to you. Now you understand what, what, what the day was, right? On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, say suddenly, it came suddenly. I see the Spirit of God coming on you suddenly. Yes, you'll, you'll just be doing something, not paying attention, and suddenly, suddenly. Most often it happens while you are praying, because they were all together. They were meeting together in one place. They were not playing football. No, 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 no. They were not going to spa. They weren't in safe. They weren't gambling. They weren't drinking umtas. They weren't smoking uh, Chicago cigarettes at this time. They were meeting together as a church. Hey! The Spirit comes when you meet together as a church. As the Spirit will come on you this morning. Because we are meeting together as a church. You can expect it to happen suddenly. Hey! Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit gave them that ability. Now, it was on this day that the church was born. You see us sitting here together as a church? This started on that day called the day of Pentecost. It was the day of the harvest 
when the Holy Spirit fell. Jesus had promised them they must not yet go out and do the work that he told them to do. How many of you know Jesus told the disciples that they must go into all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all things that I taught you. You know that's called the Great Commission. But he told them, don't do it yet. Don't go now. Why not? You need power. Now where will we get this power? Wait in the upper room. <clears throat> that power is coming. But you must wait. Glory to God. You must wait in the upper room. I think many, many, many people don't want to wait. Many of you want instant things to happen, but you must learn to wait. Patiently wait. Don't leave the upper room. Stay in the upper room. The power of God is coming on you. And it's going to come suddenly. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Say with you, in you, and upon you. Now, Pastor Chris, please help us. The Holy Spirit is a person. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is a person? Sometimes we say here, we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Especially when the music is, play some wonderful music for us. Uh, Holy Spirit music. When we play Holy Spirit music, or when we play, we create an atmosphere. Amen? But the Holy Spirit is not an atmosphere. The devil can also make an atmosphere. Is it right? In the disco, they put on the lights. They make a yellow light, green light, red light. You see? And they make the place dark and they put some smoke also. You think the girl is beautiful, but all the smoke and the, and the lights and the, you are deceived is when you go outside in the light, you say, hey! The devil is very deceptive, I'm telling you. But that is a dark atmosphere. See now. But the Holy Spirit is not an atmosphere. The Holy Spirit is a person. So when you feel His presence, then you must know He's also here. The Holy Spirit is... You know, Jesus was slightly limited because He could only be at one place at one time. Why He promised them the comforter was that they, He could be at all the places at all the time. As he's here with us now, he's here with my friend down the street in Leiden that has a church there and he's with my other friend in Elsie's River and he's with another pastor there in uh, Ruasendal. Wherever God is working. Because the Holy Spirit can be all over at the same time. And he's here today. And when he's here, you feel his presence. Change to strings and create the presence and, and, and also wake up. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? He's a person. The Bible tries to explain the Holy Spirit so we can understand it. It sometimes calls it, sometimes talks about him as a wind, then as a fire, then as water. Because you see, the Spirit is a spirit, it doesn't have a human body like us. So for us to understand, he kind of says, 
uh, is a spirit, is a, is a, is, but he's but a person. He's, you must really understand it. He's the voice of the Godhead to us. He's the one who speaks. He is the one who wrote the Bible. The Bible says, as the Spirit moved on men of old who wrote the Holy Scriptures, the Spirit of God is more important than anybody ever told you. It's not a spook that just disappeared. No, it's a spirit. A spirit has a mind, a will, and emotion. You see my arm? If you cut off my arm, I can still think. I still can choose. I still can feel sad. So it's not my body that, that, is, that is me. I'm a spirit. Hallelujah. That's why even if you're dead one day, in, your, in heaven or in hell, you will open your eyes, your spiritual eyes. Yes, you will, you will ask for water on your spiritual tongue. Yay! You will remember with your spiritual brain. The spirit is a person. A person is not a body. A person is a spirit. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is a person, is the God, is the voice of the Godhead. John 16 says, He shall not speak of himself. He's a voice. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak. Hallelujah. A presence can't talk, but the Holy Spirit is a person. A person can talk. And I see the Holy Spirit speaking to you and guiding you and leading you. When the apostles didn't know where to go, they said, the Holy Spirit told us, go this way. Glory to God. A person speaks. And his presence is just evidence of his person. Why does they call him water? Because if he refreshes your life like water. It's water that refreshes. Amen. So when we talk about the waters of the Spirit, here it is. He refreshes your life as water. When you're going through a dry time, Jesus went to the Father. He's sitting at the right hand. He's making intercession for us. But He never left us alone. He left us the Holy Spirit. He will refresh your life as water. When your marriage is all in tatters and torn, your heart is full of pain, you need refreshing. When you are dry and dead, you need refreshing of the waters. The Holy Spirit is like the waters. There is a river. There, play that song. There is a river. There is a river that never shall run dry. There is a fountain filled with God's great love. Water, water. <laughs> he couldn't explain it in human terms because he has no body. He's a spirit. Hallelujah. But he said like water, like water. Come to this fountain. There's a vast supply. Hallelujah. It will never run dry. This river will never run dry. There's a river. It will never run dry. It never gets up. It shall never run dry. It's like water. Refreshing you. Refreshing you. Yes, he said, I will pour out water upon them that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit upon thy seed 
and my blessing upon thy offspring. And they shall spring up as among the offspring, and they shall spring up as among the offspring. Hallelujah. Then it's like fire. Glory to God. It's like fire. He's purging you. He's burning you. He says, they appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. Cloven tongues of fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak in another tongue. You see, it was there where all the people were coming together for this feast. They started asking, what language is this people speaking in? We can even hear them speaking in our language. Maybe they were from Russia. They were from different places. And Peter stood up and said this. They said, are these people drunk? Oh, and the Holy Spirit falls like fire. I tell you, it comes to burn the rubbish out of you. It burns, it burns, it burns. With the water, it washes. With the fire, it burns. If you want to burn out rubbish, you must just throw it in the fire. Hallelujah. Only the metal will stay behind, but the rubbish will burn out. The Holy Spirit is a quenching fire. They said, what language is this? What babbling tongue is this? These people sound like drunkards. They keep saying, ba 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 that's why our church believes in the Holy Spirit. Our church is, believes in speaking in tongues. Being baptized with the Holy Ghost. You speak in a tongue. For you know not what you ought to pray for as you ought. But when He, the Spirit of truth, shall come. Hallelujah. He shall pray through you with groanings that cannot be uttered. Groanings. Hallelujah. The fire of the Holy Ghost. And those things that bind you, listen. Those lustful things. If you are here and you're a man and you're caught with lust and pornography. And you can't stay true to one woman but you are lusting after every skirt that passes you by. I want to tell you there's a fire that can burn that lust away. Hallelujah. If you are addicted to cigarettes, you want God to set you free. You're wasting money on smoking. You can't have money for your householder. Your lungs are black on the x-rays. But you can't stop. There's a devil that binds you. I'm here to say there's a fire. A quenching fire. That will burn it out of your life. It will burn it out of your life. You need the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised him. He said, I will send you the comforter. Hallelujah. I will send the comforter. I will send the comforter. No person can live without the precious Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit. He will show us to Jesus. Uh, he will glorify Jesus. Uh, the Bible said He will not speak of Himself. Uh, but whatever He hears, He will speak. Uh, Jesus said He will glorify me. So whenever we lift up the name of Jesus... Uh, then the Holy Spirit is present. The Holy Spirit is present. When we lift up the name of Jesus. It's like fire. It's like water. And it's like a dove. 
Oh, it's like a sweet dove. Hallelujah. It's gentle like a dove. What does it mean when I say it's like a dove? He doesn't force himself on you. If you don't want him, you go. Do you want him? If you don't want him, you go. If a dove sits on a, on a, on a, on a wire and you throw a stone, then all the doves fly away. Yes, they're gentle like a dove. It's not like a crow. It's not like an eagle. It's not like a vulture. It's like a dove. Listen, my friend, the Spirit will not force Himself on you. You must invite Him to come. You must invite Him to come. You must be hungry and thirsty for the Spirit. And He will fill you. Jesus promised us the Holy Ghost. He said He shall be with you. You say, Pastor, why with you? He's with you to convict you. He convicts you of sin. Every time you do wrong, you feel a conviction. It's the Holy Ghost. If you don't yet have Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the one that beats your heart to say, come forward, come. Come ask, ask Jesus to come into your life. He's with you to convict you. The Bible, Jesus promised uh, when He comes, He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and the coming judgment. Yeah. When I'm alone and nobody sees me, I know God sees me because He's with me to convict me. If you are alone and you do wrong things and you think your pastor can't see you, your mother can't see you, your, 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 your father can't see you, you must have the Holy Spirit. He will convict you to say, this thing you are doing is not right. Leave it, leave it, leave it. With you to convict you. In you. In you to do what? It's in you to cleanse you. Hallelujah. With you to convict you, but in you to cleanse you. He's always cleaning you. We are not yet the finished product. We all make mistakes. Even I make mistakes. But I thank God I have the Spirit in me. He's here to cleanse me. Jesus said He shall be with you, but later He shall come in you. He shall be in you. He's cleansing me. He's sanctifying me. Oh, I'm not the same. That I, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be because the Spirit is in me. Hallelujah. The Spirit is in me. He's cleansing, He's purging me, He's washing me, He's washing me. Oh, glory to God. And at the last point, then He comes upon you. Ah, with you to convict you, in you to cleanse you. But when He comes upon you, it is to empower you, empower you, empower you. You say, Pastor, you told me I must work for the Lord, but I'm so shy. I don't know how to speak to people. I don't know how to invite people to come with me to this wonderful church. You don't have to worry because Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. He shall come upon you and you shall speak with boldness. You will be my witnesses. He said you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You will speak to one person. Now you will speak to two. Then you will speak to ten people. Then you will stand here on this platform and speak to a thousand people because the Spirit will come upon you. Hallelujah! There will be a boldness that you never had because the Spirit will be upon you. Oh, come to these waters. There's a vast supply. 
There's a vast supply. Everybody stand to your feet. There is a river. There is a river. That never shall run dry. There is a river. There is a river that flows from deep within. There is a fountain. There is a fountain. It frees my soul. Frees my soul from sin. Come to these waters. Come to this water. There is a vast there supply. There is a vast supply. There is a river. There is a river that never shall run that dry. Never shall run dry. Sing it again. There is a river. That flows, that flows from deep within. From deep within. There is a fountain that frees my soul from sin. Come to this water. There is a vast supply. bowed all over only the music softly your heads are bowed and I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit is here where the children of God gathers there his spirit will be and you need the waters of life that I spoke about this morning I want you to raise your hand so I can pray with you you say pastor there's a dryness in my life I need the Lord I need the spirit there's a problem in my life where there's a dryness and a bitterness. I need the refreshing waters of the Holy Spirit. I need Him with me. I need Him in me. I need Him upon me. Maybe you never spoke in tongues. Maybe you were never baptized in the Holy Ghost. This morning, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit is here. The Spirit is here. The Spirit of Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here. It's the day of Pentecost. It's the day of Pentecost. Like it was in the upper room. 2,000 years ago, it is still the same. It has never changed. You will speak in a new tongue as the Spirit comes upon you. Cloven tongues of fire. The Holy Spirit will come upon you.